Welcome back to Totally Real Soccer News. I'm your anchor, Ali Oxenfree. Here on TRSN, we only report totally true soccer news that has been posted on Twitter by at least two accounts. And I'm Curtis Interruptus. This just in, Sam Allardyce has been announced as head coach of Minnesota United FC. Fantastic news for Minnesota as Allardyce has experience in the Premier League and was undefeated as the head coach of England. And reports are also coming in. I've, I've got one. Yes, we, we have two. We can go with this. They are saying that Johnny Steele will be Sam Allardyce's first designated player signing and will, of course, take his place as the one true captain. And uh, who's our source on this one? Um, I have two sources here. Uh, both of them have egg profile pictures, so that's how you know it's true. The mark of a true journalist. Breaking news, the one true captain, Johnny Steele, has le- just led a coup against Allardyce and has taken over as player coach. And the news just keeps on coming. It looks like Steele's coup means the players and staff have been released from the now-renamed One True FC. And Reasons as of yet unknown. Who's our source in this? Um, some guy on Twitter with the handle at ProRelForLife69. That man is a professional. More breaking news. Sam Allardyce and the players of, and staff of the former Minnesota United FC are back in the training ground and have changed the locks while the tr- one true captain, Johnny Steele, was out getting more tattoos. I, I'm, I must admit this one does seem a little bit far-fetched, but we might need to go with it. Nope. See, I got it right here. Tweeted by at Totally Real Johnny Steele. You can tell it's him because he has Totally Real in his name. That does seem totally legitimate. I'm also seeing a link there to his Instagram. Yes, we can exclusively confirm that one of those new tattoos is of the popular internet character Pepe the Frog. And just looking at it, man, that is dank. Last bit of breaking news for the day before we head on to our next programming. It looks like now that United players are delivering hats to children in the hospital, including a small child with a beard that bears the resemblance to their deposed dear leader, true captain, Johnny Steele. Oh, wait, uh, wait hold on. I'm, I'm looking at this one more time. And oh, it appears as though the Twitter handle has a check mark next to it. That is an obvious sign of a fake. Who makes these parody accounts anyway? Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is ToughCast. And welcome to ToughCast. This is Colin. And this is Caleb. And the next pun will cost you, but this was for free. It's episode 73. So, I don't know if you were present, dear listeners, if if there's even any of you existing. But um, <laughs> some very, very fun shenanigans happened on Monday in the Minnesota United FC Twitter universe. Um, we apparently willed Sam Allardyce into being the new head coach of Minnesota United FC. So welcome, Sam Allardyce! Well, Yay! I, I, I hate to rain on your p- parade, Colin, but we didn't actually convince him we convinced a lot of news sources that he was going to be. We convinced new. a lot of journalists who should absolutely <laughs> know better. Uh, yes, uh, NBC Sports, uh, pa- City, Pages. City Pages, I think Pioneer Press or Star Tribune, one of those two. Uh, Jason Davis of ESPN FC latched on this, this story, and so we all laughed our way to the bank on this. So one. here's how it happened. One of the um, one of the good people who post a lot of things on Twitter about Minnesota United decided to tweet, I'm going to create the Sam Allardyce to Minnesota United rumor. And everybody thought it was hilarious. And everybody kind of decided together to just make a bunch of tweets about it based entirely off of requotes of Donald Trump. And I, I don't know. Beautiful moment. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the state of our country. I don't know if it's the state of humanity in general. But people absolutely, totally bought it. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, so props to uh, Loon's Twitter. I think uh, the two United fans uh, Twitter account posted uh, John Bender at the end of end of Breakfast Club with his fist up. And that's how exactly how it. I felt. We, we did it. <laughs> Don't you forget about us, Sam Allardyce. You're going to so, be coach of us one day. So first off, what was your tweet about Sam Allardyce actually coming? What was your Donald Trump quote? I didn't have a Donald Trump quote. I just <sighs> found a gif, of, a gif of a uh, GIF. A, a literal hype train. Wrong. GIF. <laughs> Easy, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm shimmying over here, Hillary style. So, uh, <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. But I just... 
posted a gif of that with uh, all aboard the Sam Allardyce hype train. Charge, charge, woo, woo. Mine, mine at least was at least somewhat skeptical of it where I said, hey, Manny, what do you think of a guy who's cheated financial rules suddenly becoming your new head coach? And I said as Manny, well, he's smart. <laughs> that makes him smart. Yeah, yes. that, that does make <laughs> him smart. smart. That does make him smart. So just to confirm, no, Sam Allardyce is not coming to Minnesota United FC as far as we know. But, I mean, don't rule it out just yet. Oh, of, of course not. <laughs> I, um, I honestly think this is like this is probably the first time that we've had a real just completely BS Twitter rumor that has turned into something much funnier than it ought to be. And, and it, I think this is the sign that we have finally made it as an aspiring MLS club. And I think we needed this after Saturday's debacle. Oh, um, God, don't remind me. So <laughs> speaking of more things that are possibly in the future and much happier than the current Minnesota United season, um, West Berdine of the rival podcast 55.1 podcast which by the way they need to come up with a better name, a better than, name that. than that two united fans is a way better name seriously i mean and and i must say we are actually two united fans tonight we are notch is are we gonna say he's out on assignment because can we, he's can we just he's, say he's, he's like totally in not. the corner of the room just being quiet staring at us that's gonna be a little funnier oh my god he is staring <laughs> oh my god oh my god oh, you didn't notice him oh uh Hey, Notch, he waves hi to all you listeners out there, but he won't talk this episode. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, Notch is um, out on a work trip, wasn't able to make the podcast tonight, so you're stuck with the two of us. We're um, sorry, and you're welcome. Yes, exactly. Um, in any case, so West Redine, on that new podcast that you guys are not allowed to listen to, um, confirmed that Minnesota United is looking very strongly at Josh Gott from FK Molde. That that would be a great move. He's out of contract at the end of the end of the season. Um, I believe Nor- the Norwegian league did out the same time as MLS and NASL. Roughly, yeah. Um, November December is kind of the timeline for that. Um, he's going to be twenty five. He has had a number of knee injuries. Yes, but that means he won't ask for a a lot of money. I think he needs to prove himself for at least a year that he can stay healthy until we give him a big payday. Right. But we're not the only MLS team looking at him, probably. He's a very pacey winner that would really bring um, – he'd be good for a lot of MLS teams. I think I think he'd probably be more of a good fit if we're just fully willing to go along with him. Um, Jeff Reuter and Alex Schaefer-Decker had a very good um, – as they have been, they've been killing it with these articles um, – but they posted their uh, The Future is Now Wingers edition where they talked about him coming in and some of the other guys that might fit in along with him. Um, they noted Danny Cruz possibly coming in as well as Jamie Watson. They lit um, up the bat signal yet again. Um, you, you got to. Looking oh, at the next season. I, That's... I, I certainly hope that the bat signal is fully illuminated, but... At the same time, I I feel like Josh Gatt would come in as at least starter level. You know the sort Absolutely. of yeah the sort of skills that he comes in with, the pace that he has is certainly above the guys that we have right now. So I would I would probably peg him for that, and I think that would be pretty attractive to him. And can you just imagine Gatt and Batman on the on on the wings? It, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sight to think about. You know that. That swoon emoji with like the two <laughs> hearts and the like blank smile. That that's what I'm yes. literally doing right now. It would be fantastic. Uh, but until then, we don't really know much about signings. We can only just speculate wildly. And speculation wildly is very very fun and even better. Speculation wildly, where people actually believe that it might be true, <laughs> is even more hilarious. Hashtag Bastion to MNUFC. <laughs> <laughs> um, in actual. NASL news, though. Um, Jacksonville Armada, they have a new head coach. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Mark Lowry is no longer the interim manager. Yeah, he goes uh, two wins, five draws, and two losses since coming in. Um, so it's a better record than <laughs> It's a Miola better had. record than they deserved, yeah, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, not only had Miola not really had that much success as a coach, 
he really did not put together a solid roster at all. So the fact that Lowry was able to come in, stabilize the ship, get at least a point per game. Yeah, it's uh, they found uh, kind of a go-to man in their offense with Alandu. Yeah. And uh, they still might finish below Puerto Rico FC in the combined table, there which is would a chance, be hilarious. But, but. <laughs> it, he's done well with the players he's been given. I'm going to throw out a mini prediction here. Jacksonville might be at least mid-table next oh, year. I, I think, I, yeah. They're, you know, they're trending upwards. Yeah. The fact that I'm they, not just saying that because of their result. Right. <laughs> uh, the fact that they actually do have a stable ownership situation, the fact that they have apparently a coach that's able to do a little bit better with the talent that he has than you would expect, that does bode some pretty good signs for the future so you know we'll see how it goes i'm sure that i just i just sunk the ship right now (laughs) you sunk the armada yes i didn't sink (laughs) all of the armada i sunk like their battleship maybe their their cruiser boats um i think the carrier and the destroyer are still intact uh so yeah so I think the uh, first thing Mark Lowry should do is find those pictures Gallardo has and just burn them. Absolutely, yeah. And then they'd be good. Uh, speaking of Jacksonville, uh, moving on to our midweek games from last week, uh, Jacksonville and FC Edmonton played at Jacksonville in front of 2,500 people and to a nil-nil draw. Yeah, shockingly high possession for Jacksonville in the first half. They, It was pretty much a 60-40 game the entire time, um, but it, really very few shots to speak for. Um, it took until kind of in the second half when Matt Van Ockel was tried a little bit, but neither side really pressed that much. It felt very much like a midweek game where you know, FC Edmonton had to travel a long distance, and Jacksonville probably rightfully played for a draw because they mm-hmm. they knew better. Yeah, they didn't go all out, and they got the, the one point, which is what they need. Um, yep. Six shots on target for the whole game. That's both teams combined, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that is <laughs> about as brutal as the beating that Alondi was getting the entire match. <laughs> he, oh, yeah, like elbowed in the face, or and also like taken down from behind. Uh, the Edmonton players got yellow cards for that. Absolutely, it was rightfully so. He and was definitely sore after that game. I I I feel bad for him, and I feel bad for the CVS person that had to stock the Advil cabinet like seven times because he just kept on coming. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. I'm uh, moving on to, uh, yes, getting away from that. Getting away from, uh, Olandu's Advil. Hungry, you know hungry hippos. Thing. It's, it's, he's, he's fine. He doesn't have a problem. Uh, Carolina versus <laughs> New York Cosmos, uh, finished, uh, two, nothing to the Cosmos in front of 3000 people in Carolina. Um, you and I got this right, not to pick Carolina. Yeah, I, I picked a draw kind of leaning towards New York. I probably, if I had to, would have gone with the Cosmos win. Um, a lot of control, a lot of pressure early from the Cosmos. Uh, the Railhawks played a lot of the first half on the counter. They had a little bit of success with it, but if they said it was back and forth, it was mainly that the Cosmos were coming in with most of the pressure, and then the Railhawks were just looking for ways to try and get lucky on a quick run yeah the first goal came from a bad miscue by connor uh hannibal lecter tobin uh, <laughs> did you see the god i mean <laughs> like I, I feel bad for him because obviously it means that he like destroyed his nose or something yeah but good god at, at least go with the single band around the back instead of two of them because that just made you look even more like a serial killer connor <laughs> well Oh man, they they put him back on his like little dolly and wheeled him out of the stadium after the game. And then he had some uh, Chianti and fava beans yes. and <laughs> and some brains. But anyway, he takes down uh, wasn't Gonzati, Gonzati, and not and only that, he took him down after it was his very poor pass that led to the Cosmos getting possession. And Gonzati like falls down in slow motion almost and. Ref was like, "Yeah, that's that's a penalty." It was I, almost I laughable. How yeah, I don't even know. If, I don't know if it was a penalty or if it was a Jesus Christ, Connor. Like, <laughs> get, 
Get yourself together. You deserve this, Connor. Uh, but of course, who else? Moffat converts the PK. Yeah, and Cosmos. Yeah, and after that, uh, about 25 yards out, uh, Yasmani Duke was able to intercept after the kickoff. Passes it to Bovert, rockets it to the far post. Yeah, no chance no, for Sylvester. Absolutely, he no a, chance. does a double take after it goes in. Like, r- really? That went in? Damn. Seriously? Oh man. But uh, 18 oh, shots for the Cosmos and five for Carolina. Really telling in that game. Uh, Cosmos clearly deserved the win. Absolutely, absolutely. Moving on. Puerto Rico FC faced off against Fort Lauderdale, and it was actually 2-1 to Puerto Rico in front of 1,424 fans. It's a, it's a midweek game in Puerto Rico. They're having troubles with stuff. Yeah. They, <laughs> it, it, if it's a place where you can't entirely rely on the electricity, you probably don't want to leave your house on right. a work night just just to be on the safe side. So, um, um, But... Yeah soaking rain for a lot of the game and the one million dollar oh wait no i i'm being told one dollar man pascal million um crossed in the second minute to the head and shoulders and possibly arm of amari uh but he's he's so old it didn't matter like i went in off of him fine goal. yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much um it, it was a pretty poor clearance and it it was just you know kind of one of those goals that shouldn't have happened but did and you thought that it would just set the tone for a Puerto Rico collapse about as bad as their debt. But they, but, scored, oh Jesus. <laughs> but they scored way too topical early. Topical humor, everybody. <laughs> but they scored way too early. Uh, <laughs> Puerto Rico got into it about around the 20th minute. Uh, Strom in the box. Ball kind of falls to Tyler Rudy and just puts it straight into the net. Yeah, um, it, it, it basically turned into a back-and-forth game after the 20th minute, and um second half sub uh bloody bardich was able to get the game winner following a give and go um center of the park with hector ramos and first off i hope i said his name right yeah i was gonna ask if you had that right uh it, i i'm just it's, assuming uh, i it's I, bl jedi you should just go by jedi you should just go by jedi yeah. that's good so job blue jedi good job jedi but the Jedi stores uses the force to store the goal <laughs> and give Puerto Rico the win. Yeah, uh, somebody test him for midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, against the the rules of NASL, the doping rules. Yeah, yeah. Midichlorians. Midichlorians. Midichlorians are the worst George PED Lucas. there has ever been. <laughs> uh, um, also, the worst cannon there's ever been. Yeah. No, but that's no. besides the point. All right, so um, now that we've taken our nerd glasses off, uh, we move on to Miami against Ottawa. It was a 2-1 win for the Miami FC in front of 3,116 fans, a little bit less than uh, the 10,000 that they're getting on the weekend. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the tickets are more than $1 this time. Maybe. Probably. probably. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, Michael LaHood stores a pretty great goal after off of assist from... Uh, the one true captain and future DP for Minnesota United, Johnny Steele. Jonathan Steele. And then, who's this Giuseppe Gentile fellow? He's come alive out of nowhere. Yeah, how many? It's like this, six and five or yeah, five and something, six, like, something that. like that. It's, uh, plus, it's insane. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, Gentile got another goal off of a uh, Carl Howarth pass, um, equalized it right before halftime. Um, but. That said, it, it really was a fairly controlling match for Miami, and they were able to equalize first off of a... They almost equalized off of a handball in the 88th minute. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they were finally able to get their comeuppance. Um, 95th minute winner from Enzo Ranella, and This time, uses his head, not his hands. Exactly, yeah. Which is very important in soccer, I'm and told. And I'm I must I must say this, Otto got what they fucking deserved. Yeah, I as much as I didn't want Miami to win, and I saw that that this game was tied. Like, oh yeah, great, they're tied. But also, fuck Ottawa a little bit. Fuck Ottawa, yeah. man. Uh, fuck those guys. And you know, I'm, uh, I'm glad that they gave away the match in literally the last minute. It was they had five minutes of extra time, and this was scored in, I, th- I think it was like 94-10. Yeah. Uh, they did have another very good chance near the extra, extra time, but they weren't able to capitalize, and it ended up 2-1. 
and yeah, just a great game for Minnesota fans watching that and just hating Ottawa. So yeah, it was a, it was a great game for Minnesota fans hating Ottawa. It wasn't a great game for Minnesota oh, yeah. fans looking for, at the fall table. Yeah, realistically, that was an awful result. But it also, was, fuck Ottawa. Exactly. Yeah, and it gets worse for them on the weekends. But for right now, let's take a break before we do those weekend games. This is tough test. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? And welcome back to Toughcast by Two United Fans. This is Colin. And this is Caleb. And there is not another one of us. So moving on to the weekend games, we have, first off, Tampa Bay against Miami in probably probably the most meaningful of the matches this weekend. And, of course, it ended up a 1-1 draw. 1-1 draw in front of almost 7,000 people. So pretty good crowd in Tampa Bay. Yep, solid work for the Lang faithful. Um, Eric Avila, heck of a goal. One touch off of a Georgie Ristoff pass to his left foot. Curled it into the near post from outside the box yeah. for the first goal very nice goal for eric avila um yeah just great goal uh pigeons keeps it keeps them in the lead for a little bit after uh, ranella gets a through ball free to goal and rushes off his line and blocks the shot um, and we were talking about this earlier that i think kind of the sign of a good nasl goalkeeper is actually when you stay back on your line a little bit more but pickens made the smart decision, realizing that he really wouldn't have had a shot if he had stayed back. It might not be if if they ever get off their line. If what if they off, when they get off their line, they are there and cover the ball in a timely manner, not let right. the ball either roll on the, roll on the box or let the guy get a shot. Yeah, my point was maybe a little bit more that it seems every single time that an NASL goalkeeper hops off their line, they do it in a <laughs> stupid manner. Yeah. So as a result, if you just stay on your line, chances are you're going to get most of those things correct. Apparently, yeah, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but unfortunately for Matt Pickens, after that great save, uh, crossed into the bots by Miami, headed down straight to Bernstein, who wins the Battle of the Beards with Matt Pickens and hits him to the net. Well, first off, he did not win the Battle of the Beard because Matt Pickens, <laughs> I will I will salute his beard to the end of the earth. I Part of me wants him in Minnesota's MLS team, not necessarily because I want him as a keeper. He's he's a good enough goalkeeper, yeah, don't get me he's wrong. He's been solid pretty much but, all year. But most importantly, like he's got the best U.S. soccer beard this side of Nat Borchers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's it's Nat Porchers and Matt Pickens, and then everyone else is below them. Uh, not for even sure. Not even close. It's yeah, like below implies that there is space below the like ten thousand miles between <laughs> Borchers and Pickens. Um, but un- unfortunately for him, his beard was not enough to stop that goal from Bernstein. Ended up one one. Maybe. If there's a saving grace for Minnesota United, it's that that happened. Yeah, neither but team picked up all three points, which is kind of like a win, I guess. But it, unfortunately, it's it's much more of a win than they had <laughs> against Jacksonville. So oh, yeah, that, that game happens. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in front of a Sella crowd of nine thousand four hundred two fans, a Minnesota United yet again lost late. Um, this is the definition of bottling it. We are, if, if any other soccer people looked up the term bottling it in like the soccer dictionary, it'll be just Minnesota United spring season, fall season, fall season. Sorry. Yeah, spring season. They, they also bottled they, it there though. Well, <laughs> they bottled it because of Injuries, other reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um. This this time around, it's everybody's getting healthy. It's just that nobody's playing well. Um. It, Jamie Watson did at least have a shot for a penalty in the first half. He got body slammed. If that was in football, he, that guy would have got sent off for targeting. Exactly, yeah. That was, and That was so hard. Yeah. My goodness. I, I do at least understand the argument that it was well off the ball, that it didn't result in any sort of goal-scoring opportunity being hampered. But at the same time, 
it doesn't matter where that sort of body slam happens. That should have been called. And I can't remember. Uh, down by the dark clouds end in the first half, uh, either Watson or Cruz got kind of chokeholded down to the ground. Nothing tall on that either. So it's maybe this guy, the referee, referee just watched too much pro wrestling. Is like, yeah, this is great. Soccer is better than I thought it was. Maybe they were listening to the chant, swallow your whistle and eat your cards. You'll never be mad at the match. <laughs> and he actually really took that to heart in so far away from what he should have. I still think he forgot his cards in the locker room. Very much so. Until the second half. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, one aspect of solid refereeing that he did not forget, um, Justin Davis had a goal rightfully called offsides at the, I think, 44th minute. Yeah, right before halftime, and no, no one in the stands could tell if it was or not. And It, it was... It's just, it was at the far end of the pitch, to be fair. Um, for me, at least, uh, my my seat is literally dead straight across the field, about 110 yards away. Um, I've got decent depth perception. I don't have that good of depth <laughs> yeah, perception right. to see a foot between Justin Davis and the uh, defender on him. Um, but he was about a foot offside on that right. first pass from Jamie Watson, which... Great one too by those two players. Yeah, just having yeah. to be offsides. Uh, the the big the big little screen that shows replays was almost going to show the replay of Justin Davis, but then like stopped halfway through because they got in trouble for that before. Yeah, yeah. Well, <coughs> the problem is that they did that with a. I think it was that they replayed a call that was similar to one before right. it, like about five minutes before. And nobody realized that it was the wrong call <laughs> and then proceeded to harass the hell out of the ref the entire game. Um, but uh, regardless, it, it was offsides, unfortunately. And nothing really happened in the second half except a couple of close chances for United. Uh, Ramirez barely missed a diving header. And then uh, 87th minute free kick by Jacksonville outside of the box, into the box, headed down by Gebhard to Matt Bonner, who... Just kills all the hopes and dreams of every Minnesota fan. That bastard. So I want to dive into this a little bit more just because it's hard to figure out what exactly Minnesota is doing wrong. Um, Against Ottawa, it seemed like there was just a midfield collapse. But against Jacksonville, it, it seemed as though at least they had more of the control of the game. Um, they had more control of the game until like about the 70th minute when we started getting tired and Carl Craig hadn't been using any of his subs. Right. And you did, at that point, you could kind of tell the game was getting away from us. Uh, passes were n- either not ran to or kind of lazily placed. So there were turnovers in the midfield or even in our attacking third. So we wouldn't get a chance on, chance on goal. So just able to launch our counterattack. And just... We weren't sloppy the whole entire game. We were sloppy enough to let them score. Right. And and that's that's probably the big difference between the Ottawa matches and this game. It, there were plenty of times where you were wondering how they just didn't break through. Mm-hmm. It, in the first half, I felt as though they were kind of playing the ball along the periphery. They certainly had the tenor. Uh, yeah, it was, it was probably all 10, at least within the box that Minnesota was pushing through. Yeah. You know, you even had the center backs pushing past the halfway mark and it, they just weren't able to break the congestion. You were kind of hoping that they would start to move a little bit more through the center. They did that a bit, but it wasn't successful. And then you just kind of wondered whether or not they would try anything different or if they would just, you know, keep pushing until something got through neither of those really happened at all not really and it we couldn't just complete that ball in the final third um we had zero shots on target against Ardo. you're playing Ardo. just shoot it from midfield he'll find a way to put it into his own exactly net. exactly <laughs> but they're, we're lacking that just last pass. We would build up, build up, build up, and then either get tackled, regain possession, and build up from the back again, or get tackled and go back to the defense. Minnesota, for me, has felt like a team that 
and needs four passes to make something really great and usually bottles the third or the fourth pass. And I, I think they need four passes and they try to do like seven or eight. That too. Yeah. That too. <laughs> but um, another item of dispute, I've seen a number of people have quibbles against Damian Lowe's performance. I actually thought he had a fantastic uh, game. I agree with you 100%. He was all over the place, both halves, um, cutting off balls at midfield even, kind of covering for pitch when he got a little out of position. Uh, and whenever he wait, mo- wait. Pitch out of position? Pitch was on the wrong place in the on the pitch. <laughs> that pun will cost you, as per our intro. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, um, here you go. <laughs> yes. Um, I will pay you in one beer. I will take it. Uh, that's more than I thought Here you go. It's, it's the one that I've already been drinking. Uh, I'll pass. I will pass. <laughs> I don't have I, cooties. Yeah, I understand, but... Let's just go back to Damian Lowe. Okay, uh, fine. I thought he played fantastically. When yeah. he would go up to stop Jacksonville's attack, he would get the ball. He wouldn't get caught out of position and leave Tallman alone. Right. Um, and the one thing I will say, he did lose his head a little bit. He actually did get a yellow card after play had finished up. Yeah. I, I, I can't defend him on that. Uh, after play, after the whistle, final whistle blew, uh, I don't know who was for Jacksonville, was still dribbling. And uh Damian Lowe tackles him kind of from the side. Um yeah. Jacksonville takes offense to it and punches Damian Lowe in the face, as apparently is permitted. I don't think he got oh, anything totally. for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but a little bit of a strum, but I am a fan of Damian Lowe. I hope Manny Lago is put in a a buy option when we lo- loaned him in from Seattle. I don't know if they want to let him go with three aging center backs on their team in Seattle, but hopefully Hopefully they can, can get something done. I mean, out, yes. you know, even if this is one of those, he's a 22-year-old hothead sort of things, I still want that soon-to-be 23-year-old hothead to be one of my center backs for the future. He, he can learn to have a level head. I mean, Sammy was arguably a hothead most of last year, either when he was arguing with his own defenders or yelling at someone on the pitch. He's kind of calmed down, has become more reserved on the pitch, as far as I've no, as I can tell, at least. Uh, there hasn't been any outbursts of him yelling at his defense um, when they make the, the mistakes. Like I remember one where in his Tampa at home, where Damian Lowe let a ball go right over his head, and instead of yelling at him after Sammy collected it, just kind of pat him on the chest and told him to go back to his position and finish out the match. So, And I, I seem to remember one where he threw the ball into his own net and, and actually recognized... Yeah, and he actually recognized that it was his own damn fault. And recognized the humor in it and made fun of himself, exactly, which shows yeah. a lot of maturity, I so, think. So the moral of the story, um, Damien Lowe needs to start blaming it on the jelly, yeah. and he's going to be a fantastic player. If jelly can cause uh, rage, then yes. Rage <laughs> jelly. But speaking... We're not the only ones who think Damian Lowe has been playing well. He got a, a senior call-up to the Jamaican national team. Yeah, um, he got called up for the Caribbean Cup squad. Um, a couple of different uh, MLS and NASL players got called up for that. Um, I I think it's a deserved call-up for him. Mm-hmm. I think that he does have a bright future with the Jamaican national team. Um, he, he has definitely improved Throughout this whole entire year as well. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, speaking of call-ups for that tournament, um, Stuseo, he's still playing? For Haiti, he is. Uh, Apparently, (laughs) he still plays for Haiti. And... Good, but you know, good for him. A senior, senior national call up. I don't. He got called up for the Copa America. I don't think he ever played in it. No. But he's still on the roster, and that's what's important. Uh, I'm. Moving, oh, I'm ahead. just thinking to myself, how many people are in Haiti, and how is there not more than you know one person who can play goalkeeper better than Stu Sayos? The, the, there's two. But they, he's the third one on the roster. So there, there play. we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, but good for Stu. Good for Damien. Congratulations on your call-ups. And and, and and before we get too far, as much as we just made fun of Haiti for having no goalkeepers, uh, we do want to think about them as they are going through the absolute horrors of Hurricane Matthew. Um, thoughts go out to everyone that 
either has been impacted by that or is in the path of it. I, I know at least the Carolina game this yeah. weekend is still scheduled to be on, um, just, but there is some concern that yeah, just stay they're going to have to move there. it. Um, it's just a soccer game. Don't put your life at risk to go to one. It, we made fun of the people who didn't go out to the Fort Lauderdale Minnesota match with a day and a half before a tropical storm. Uh, we're not going to make fun of you if you decide to stay home for a, uh, as of the last time I saw a Category 3 hurricane. Moving on to somewhere that doesn't really have hurricanes, Ottawa. Yeah, <laughs> Ottawa, not so many hurricanes. Um, they unfortunately... Um, Fortunately. Yeah, they got uh, <laughs> swept up, shall we say, by Puerto uh, Rico FC um, in front of 4,556 fans, no less. They lost 2-1. to one. Um, Both of us picked Ottawa to win this. Nash 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 is right. Yeah, he said well, fuck Ottawa, and he yeah. got this right. <laughs> well, see, I couldn't remember if Notch was saying fuck Ottawa as in, like, I'm picking Ottawa, but fuck those guys, or... I think he was just full of spite from rage okay, cool. and was just... Ottawa. So we will credit him with the <laughs> pick correctly for that. Um, Ottawa did at least get out to the front foot. Ryan Williams scoring in the 15th minute. Um, Assist from Gentile. We saw that from every angle. On we, the we saw that highlights. from every angle, and we could not really see what the play was. Ottawa's highlight package has... Some of the worst cinematography <laughs> that I've seen outside of like my eighth grade projects. The camera is shakier than a Marvel superhero fight scene. The camera <laughs> is shakier than Paul Greengrass's footage for <laughs> United ninety three. Uh, if you if you remember that movie, like I went into that and I had to leave because I felt nauseated. I don't get motion sickness. It was just that bad. And it, this was even worse. It was even worse. But the important thing was Ottawa lost, even after going a man up. Yeah, yeah. So Dawson got sent off for a bad foul on Ottawa's goalkeeper, <clears throat> or uh, goal scorer, rather, uh, Ryan Williams. Um, but still, after they were to get a uh, equalizer from Kyle Culberson, Sidney Rivera was able to get the winner for them. Yep, a uh, few chances late for Ottawa, but nothing coming for them. Uh, I mean, you, good defending by Puerto Rico. Again, you couldn't really tell from the highlights whether or not it was five or six different chances, or if it was one chance from the different angles. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, moving it over to the other team in Canada, FCE Edmonton versus Indy Eleven. Score two one two. Edmonton with a late goal. Yes. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't happen. Uh, no, no. It, it, you tend not to think of late goals with anybody but in the 11, but it happened to them. And um, who was it that called that? Who was it that called that? That, uh, uh, how, that was you, Colin. That, uh, that was indeed you, me. How did you forget that? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's written down the right in the notes. And you oh, just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. See, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <sighs> so Indy did start out the scoring um, in not much going in the first half, but Eamon Zayed continued his hot streak. Uh, he latched onto a low cross from Dylan Maris and just five-holed Matt Van Okel. You haven't really seen too many of that this year. Well, goals past Matt Van Okel or five-holing goals? Um, specifically the five-hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he kind of slid out for it, went right between his legs. He could have done better. Yeah, yeah. The, the announcers did say it was a soft goal. They were Edmonton announcers. We didn't get to listen to the great butt <laughs> rock in the 11s. Highlights. Ugh, the worst. Bad touch. <laughs> Bad touch. Gives a whole new meaning to butt rock. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> going on to uh, um, a, a goal from Papa Diakite. Diakite, yeah. Center back with his weak foot. Hits a rebound off from a Juan Booch Perry. Into the corner of the net. And, and great, by th great goal. By, by the way, we are recording this during the vice president debate, so I'm I'm surprised that we're not talking about Wambuch a little bit more, given that <laughs> it's basically two Midwestern dads that are on the stage <laughs> right now. But, uh, yeah. It, if either of those candidates were a soccer goalie, they'd be Wambuch. Yeah. And it, it, Tim Kaine does apparently listen to the replacements. I'm surprised that he hasn't shouted out Wilco yet. <laughs> uh, but as soon as he does, I think that's going to turn John he, Bush from being a you know moderate, undecided voter to being a, a full-out, devout Hillary Clinton fan just because he wants somebody that listens to Wilco within a heartbeat of the White House. I mean, 
We don't know if he is going to. Maybe that's his closer for tonight. That's his closing statement, just going, we'll go, and then walking off. That would be amazing. Jesus, don't cry. <laughs> you can rely on me, honey. Speaking of we'll go, I just found uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot at Half Price Books for $4. Tempting. It was, I, I, I bought it. It was fantastic. Nice. Nice. Good pickup. Yeah. You know what else is very, very, uh, or what's a even cheaper way to listen to that? Spotify. I'm I'm kind of old fashioned. I have I like CDs. I have a vinyl collection over there. I I, I like ten. I like things that I can yeah. hold on to. I, I will say I was very envious of um, one of my cousins this past Christmas. Actually, got a entire collection of Wilco LPs. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm really from her dad, that. and I was like, I'm stealing this from you. Uh, moving <laughs> on to um, oh, oh, uh, Ben Fisk. Back to the game. Ben uh, Fisk had that. Last goal and stoppage time on a counterattack. Good for him. Good yeah. for him. And 94th minute. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Dad. You you weren't able to save this one. Yeah. Uh, moving <laughs> moving even further on so we don't talk about music the whole time. Uh, Near Cosmos hosted Fort Lauderdale and won 2 nil in front of 2,700 people. Bumper crowd. There's a great crowd for New York Cosmos there. Absolutely fantastic for Iose's 100th appearance yeah, for the Cosmos. I, I'm just, I'm just going to interject here. At what point do we really start worrying about the fact that the Cosmos cannot draw more than 3,000 people on a I, weekend? I think until next season, if they move in the offseason and they're still pulling these numbers, it's a problem. But until they move from Hofstra, I don't think we should be too worried about it. Do you really think that the the brand money that they're able to get, though? Because it seems as though they are really reliant on the fact that they are the Cosmos, that they're able to sell the old-school Cosmos logo on T-shirts and say, hey, Pele used to play for us. Beckenbauer used to play for us. Like... It's, how, it's how worked long, out for them so far. But how <laughs> long can that work out? Well, you can kind of see them now. They're not making as many bid t- bid signings. If uh, anything, they're uh, losing they're a losing number of their players. Miami, yeah, of all places. And like, if this is a couple of seasons ago, you could you could say Joe Cole would be an, a Cosmos player instead of a Rowdy's player just because he has that pedigree. He's an older player, but they're still doing fantastically in the front office, getting their roster together, and they're peaking at the right time. They've been on a tear lately. At, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Ruben Bover was able to get another goal. Um, I'm still bitter about that one they scored against us. Um, but uh, came in the 57th minute off of a Wanarango assist. Um, solid cross from the end line, just found him completely unmarked. And for the second goal, the same exact thing happened, just different players lucky uh got across from the end line to an unmarked andres flores for a second goal two nothing cosmos win and, and are officially in the playoffs yeah yeah the cosmos were the second team to officially seal a spot in the nasl championship um <coughs> good for them I, I guess i mean you could see this coming this is gonna happen but now it's official and it's yeah yeah whatever let's just hope that they really decide to just slough off especially in that last game of the season yeah yeah they should just i I would say just send out send out the real pele to play against us and and yeah and 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 beckenbauer and just send all all the old all the old cosmos be a marketing event bring about the old old band back together and play against the minnesota yeah yeah please yeah Please, especially given the fact that Pele, you know, missed the Olympics with some sort of health problems. You could probably still put him away, though. <laughs> um, he he uh, could totally put it away against this <laughs> midfield and defense right now. Uh, Fort Lauderdale News, Matthias Renaris called up to the Baby Nats. Hooray! Yay! Moving on. Yes. Um, Oklahoma City against Carolina ended up 1-1 in front of 1,688 actual people. Um, a little quick diversion. So um, if you missed the inverted triangle episode where um, Neil Morris spoke with someone in the uh, Rio front office right now, um, it, it sparked a really interesting discussion. So he admitted that one of the red flags that Rio Vaicano's ownership had of some of the things going on with sold out strategies was the fact that they were giving away so many free tickets. Um, Midfield Press did a little bit more digging into it. Um, it was actually the guys from the Scissor Tail podcast. Um, they figured out that 
the team has a deal with the Yukon School District to rent the stadium uh, with a $1 surcharge for every single ticket sold. Sold, which is a <laughs> little bit away for yeah, which is sold. a little bit different from every single person that goes into the turnstiles. So what they were able to see is that hey, you know, we had four thousand five hundred people coming through the gates, but they weren't paying out four thousand five hundred in these ticket surcharges, and it turned out that they were giving away about seventy five percent of their tickets. Which if. That was the reason for them giving away the tickets, not just to build a, a brand there, just to sort the Yukon school district. That's a that's a shady move. That that, that is. is a little shady. I mean, I I will <clears throat> say this. I it's been a long time trope of lower division U.S. soccer to give away tickets to get people into the door and then get them to come back. And uh, Notch and I actually started to have a little bit of a conversation on Twitter about this. We were going to talk about it on this week's podcast. Since he's not here, I'm just going to talk for him. <laughs> um, it, his argument <clears throat> is that you know when you do get people in the door, you are able to start building up the experience. You're able to you know get some sort of momentum going for your brand. I totally agree that you're able to get momentum. The problem is that once you do start saying, hey, you know, why don't you buy this for 10 bucks a game, for 12 bucks a game, for 20 bucks a game, that's when you start to get pushback. I think of my first experience with going to Minnesota soccer, um, it was way back in, I think, 2010 or 2011. It was one of the NSC Minnesota Stars games where they did a giveaway. They tied a bunch of NSC scarves to trees and light posts all around the city. And you know, you'd get a scarf and there would be two tickets that were just safety pinned on there. And my then girlfriend, now wife, she saw somebody tying that in front of her um, Starbucks that she was working at, picked it up and said, hey, you know, I've, I've got tickets to this soccer game. I know you like soccer. Let's let's go to it. So we went cold as hell. The scarf really came in handy. And, you know, I, I was hooked. I really enjoyed my time. And I said, you know what? We need to go to some more of these games. I need to start following this team. Yeah. Um, my first game, I didn't pay for either. It was a birthday gift from my now wife to the Swansea game. Nice. And so I didn't pay out for my pocket, but it was her first game as well. She was more into soccer at that point than I was and was trying to get me in more into it. And it, it worked, obviously, because I'm here doing this podcast. But I fell in love with the team. I still remember the goals that they scored. Justin Davis and Greg uh, Jordan scored that game. And we beat Swansea. Um, and I was hooked. I, I, we, we watched all the games on TV that we could. I saw Ramirez's bicycle kick later that season, which hooked me even more. And now I'm a season ticket holder in Dark Cloud. So I think getting free tickets can work up to a point. If you have a good experience at the game, if you have either friends or some of others going with you, and if it's not for every game. Right. And and that seems to be the problem because a lot of these teams that are giving out free tickets to every game, they're giving out you know 75% of their tickets. And when you start developing this idea that you know you can get in for free yeah, you'll spend a, a few bucks on beers and on mm-hmm. you know food, and maybe you'll pick up a shirt on your way out. That's not enough for a team to really say, "I have a fan for life." You know, when you're limiting those tickets to you know five hundred per game, that starts to you know winnow it down. You're able to micro-target to the specific crowds that you want to be coming back in, because quite frankly. People like us are the we're the exception. We are exceptional yes. people. Most of those you are exceptional, Cable. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. You're welcome. Aww. Um but you're right. If um most of the t- free tickets you give away, that's gonna be their only game ever they go to. We are except we're both exceptional, Colin. Aww. <laughs> um moving back to the Oklahoma City Carolina game, um both goals come in Stoppage time, uh, 1-1. Matt yep. Watson scores after elbowing a defender in the face. And Footy Danso 
stores off of a free kick two minutes later in the 94th minute. Yeah, if you didn't watch the first 90 minutes, you really didn't miss anything. I did notice something during the first 90 minutes, that the goalie for Ryo wasn't wearing an actual goalie kit. What was he wearing? He was wearing a Ryo away kit with a black undersleeve, uh, long sleeve undershirt. I, I honestly misinterpreted the undershirt part i thought it was like a full long sleeve kit i was like ah maybe but no that yeah that that was indeed the away kit i mean i know that ryo is cutting costs but cutting a cutting their goalkeeper kit <laughs> i mean it, it, it worked out but it was it was not noticeable for me because i recognized that kit it's a really cool kit it, it is a the cool black kit. with the rainbow uh kind of sash going across which is really cool yeah but totally doesn't mean anything that it means in the United States, by the way. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, yeah. we're going we're to make a little bit of a diversion from what we typically do on this podcast and actually talk about the MLS playoffs. Hashtag um, next stop MLS for this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it, for those who really just focus on NASL, um, 12 teams make it into the playoffs. Um, how many teams are in MLS? There's 20, which uh, made, the, made the playoffs kind of a joke to everyone outside of the MLS. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, but that said, um, there are six teams that are in already. Uh, New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, and Toronto all are in. Um, any surprises there? Not really. Uh, New York City FC actually is kind of a surprise um, given that their expansion team. Um, I think they broke a record for quickest entry into the playoffs from, from an expansion team in their second season. Something but like that. Look at the signings that they made. Uh, McNamara's been on fire for them. Uh, Lampard's been on fire for them the second half of the season. Um, really doesn't surprise me with their roster, but just with their story so far, it is a little bit surprising for MLS. I think, given their roster, the fact that they were able to pull it together this year, especially with Lampard's play of late, has been really surprising. Um I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything as an Arsenal fan, but they do have Patrick Vieira as their manager. <laughs> and I, by I, I'm, and, I'm just saying. And by I'm not. I'm not just saying anything as an Arsenal fan. Meaning I'm gonna say something as an Arsenal fan. Oh, uh, <laughs> Vieira for Wenger, <laughs> right? Um, but Red Bulls have been solid all year. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips again leading goal scorer. Beast, absolutely fantastic for MLS and Toronto. Has kicked it on. Even in Giovinco's absence with his injury, Josie Altador has been on fire, literally on fire for the past month or so, two months or so. Like I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm gonna run over with some water for him. Yeah, because he's. I I don't want third degree burns. But that's good news for Toronto and USMNT fans. Uh, yes, from indeed. the West, we have FC Dallas, who have just won the U.S. Open Cup over New England, and also Colorado Rapids, of who have Tim Howard and Jermaine Jones. And LA Galaxy, who have everyone else on the US exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, the Rapids, I think, are probably the the biggest jump forward. Obviously, when you bring in Tim Howard, obviously when you bring in Jermaine Jones at this or at the start of this year, um, you are going to probably make a, a step forward. But the the progress that they have made, I think, has been even more than they could have reasonably expected. The other thing is that when you look at the roster that FC Dallas has put together. The fact that they're churning out so many academy prospects is really, really interesting to me. It's really great to see, though, too, because they're not relying on big-name DPs. They're relying on their own resources. Exactly, yeah. Um, they have, do have a center back who I want to point out. Uh, I think it's Walker Zimmerman or Walter Zimmerman. I don't remember his Walker, first. I think. Walker. Yeah. Uh, young center back, uh, I think 23, 24. Very good, high potential, very solid right now in MLS. Could be a future Center back call up for Jurgen Klinsmann for the men's national team. It, it's it's a shame that he plays center back just because that is probably our deepest position it at is, this point. But but, but so be in it. the future, Brooks Miazga, Carter Vickers, Carter Vickers Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you can move one of those to left back. Or right. Somewhere, somewhere. Um. One other really interesting thing: last year's final competitors, Portland and Columbus, neither of them are in the picture this year. Portland has a better chance of getting in. Um, the results as of late have not been have not helped their cause. Columbus have actually won a few of their last games, but they're still uh, two spots below that red line. Yeah, the and, playoffs. and they had it. a they had a much bigger hole to dig out of. <clears throat> um, I think 
the way that the Kai Kamara situation got handled early in the season just kind of yeah it threw it them shook off. them a little bit too much. They, and did, they did replace him with another Kamara with Ola Kamara, who was fantastic. If Manny, if you're in Scandinavia still, sign sign any Kamara you can find. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and side note, I'm <clears throat> I'm trying to think of. I think it's the Kamara's followed by the Dembele's that are probably like the best team that you can build out of a last name. <laughs> uh, Triores would be good too. Triores, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if anyone wants to do that on FIFA Ultimate Team, go for it. That'd be awesome. I, I've, I've seen it and really? it is fantastic. <laughs> awesome. All right, so uh, moving back to the NASL, um, let's do a little more playoff talk. So we've got the Cosmos in and we've also got Indy 11 in from winning the spring. FC Edmonton is all but guaranteed yeah, they're, in. They're virtually in right now, but they haven't clinched officially yet. But they, I, they probably will. That just that fourth spot is just a giant race cluster. Cluster, yes, a race to the bottom. That's race what. to the bottom. And so, we are winning that one, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> at this point, so uh, let's go over the fixtures for. I think the four teams that really have that much of a chance: um, Minnesota, Tampa. Miami and kind of an outside chance for Carolina. They haven't been playing well, but they had They're enough. Still only two points behind. Yeah, the fourth spot. yeah, they had enough points in the spring that they were able to at least have something there. So for Minnesota, um, this midweek against Tampa Bay, uh, followed by a weekend game against Puerto Rico. Both of those are away. Um, Edmonton at home, Carolina away, and the Cosmos at home. This that's, could, that's a gauntlet. The, I, I don't feel comfortable in any of those games as a United fan. <laughs> I could, I, somewhat look at Puerto Rico. That's away. They've been. They won their last two games. They're on. They're trending upwards. All those games are tough, and we might not get any points out of any of those games. There's a very real chance we won't win any of those games. I I certainly think there is a better chance of getting zero points than getting even ten, ten <laughs> even. Um. But what um, for Tampa, they've got obviously Minnesota at home, um, Edmonton away, Miami away, Indy at home, Ottawa at home and Jacksonville away to close out the season. Um, the Miami game could, is probably going to be tough. Edmonton away is always tough. Indy at, at home could be interesting with Indy already clinching a playoff spot. Right. And Indy, they certainly haven't played like a team that's already clinched their spot they still have them playing very hard um i could see them still making some sort of moves forward yeah and then the last two games for tampa bay ottawa at home jacksonville away you expect those them to win those games or at, at the same time as a minnesota united fan i know how difficult those games can be uh, moving on uh, yeah because i don't want to depress myself even further uh, miami They've got Rio at home, Tampa at home, Jacksonville away, Cosmos away, and Edmonton at home. The teams that they're facing are difficult. I think that the way that the fixtures are situated, it might be a little bit favorable to them. Yeah, Oklahoma at home, Rowdy's at home. Those are both winnable games. Jacksonville away, um, difficult to play at Jacksonville, but I think they'd come up with a win there. But then their last two games are very tough with Cosmos away and Edmonton at home. Again, you can say that maybe they'll let off the, the gas a little bit because by that time Edmonton should have clinched and the Cosmos already clinched. So maybe they have, they'll have two easy games or maybe they'll be just gearing up for the playoffs and trying to get their into their best form and just absolutely destroy Miami. I think if there's going to be a way for Miami into the playoffs because obviously they don't have the game in hand that Tampa has – they're really going to need to win the Rio match as well as Tampa and Jacksonville. Nine points out of those, I think they'll be really in kind of the top spot for that fourth playoff spot. But anything beyond that, I think it's going to be difficult for them. Um, as far as Carolina goes, I think they certainly have an easier route in. They've got Fort Lauderdale at home this weekend. They've got Rio at home as well, Indy away, Minnesota coming in, and then away to Puerto Rico at the final game of the season. I think they still have 
too far to get in, but yeah, anything could happen. Uh, for Lauderdale OTC at home, should be one should be one of more games. Uh, in the away tough, Miss United. Who who knows what that what that's going to be like, and then Puerto Rico is not going to be a, an easy away game. It just isn't with that distance to travel. Exactly. So, it, all told, it's a huge question mark for the fourth spot. It's going to be very difficult for Minnesota to get into the playoffs. I I'm I'm just going to put it like that. Yeah, and at this point, I think I, I put this out on Twitter. I'm more excited about. Minnesota's upcoming offseason than I am about the rest of the season right now. I'll still go to the Danes. I'll still cheer for them, but I'm really excited to hear who's our coach going to be, who who we're going to do in the draft, who we're going to sign, all that kind of stuff. I'm just most excited for what Twitter rumor can we get started again and like just laugh our asses <laughs> off for an entire day. Because seriously, <laughs> Monday, was, Monday was one of the most fun days I've had as a Minnesota United fan. Not out of a, hey, we're actually doing something, but out of a hey this is so totally bizarre and ridiculous and uh, yet it's totally happening let's just say joey barton to minnesota that's, that could be, that could happen oh god <laughs> why does it be he's, why he's the more successful johnny Steele. it's this is very true <laughs> i didn't why. even think of that uh, all right so let's get to some <laughs> predictions because we are definitely running over on time at this point um, we talked about the Tampa Bay against Minnesota game. Um, Caleb, who you got? I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got Tampa Bay, and I'm I've been scouring the internet for bets I can put on it. <laughs> we'll see if I can actually find. And one. that's the only midweek game. So onto the weekends, Jacksonville versus Indy. What do you have, Colin? Um, I've got Indy for it. Jacksonville's definitely looked better, but I think when you actually face up against quality opposition, Indy's gonna probably come out on top i think indy will also win yep yep um carolina versus fort lauderdale um caleb you have a draw for that one i i think carolina is the better team i just don't trust in the seattle game at this point i'm gonna agree with you i think it's gonna be a draw and i i'm just hoping that the um storm that's coming in won't impact yeah. the game at all again be safe out there carolina and fort lauderdale fans indeed um, Puerto Rico versus Minnesota United. Are the dark clouds going to hover over the one Ramon Lugriel? No, the Hurricanes near the East Coast, not Puerto Rico. Oh, so okay. Fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, you've got Minnesota actually getting I, off I the d- schneid. I do. Um, it's it's a hopeful guess. It's not, I'm not confident in it at whatsoever so wh- who do you have <laughs> i i'm i'm going to go the nihilistic routes and say puerto rico and by the way speaking of the nihilistic route um i don't know who did it but somebody has started up a twitter account at foot foot nietzsche <laughs> and it's I, fantastic it is absolutely <laughs> amazing there have been way too many nietzsche quotes that have made too much sense with minnesota united so um definitely follow that um getting back to games miami versus okc um you've got miami yeah, i've got miami pretty much straightforward very very much okay so. gonna be very confused why there aren't squares on the pitch and they'll just be distracted by that yeah lines and so squares um ottawa versus new york cosmos um who you I got have new, new york cosmos it's, I, it's I feel comfortable picking them i'm also happy picking them at this point it's weird that i hate ottawa more than new, than the cosmos it's really weird yeah, fuck Ottawa, but at the same time, the Cosmos have been questionable on the road, so I'm going to I'm gonna pick a draw, but I, I would probably put money on the Cosmos. Um, last one for the weekend, FC Edmonton host Tampa Bay. Who you got? I have Tampa Bay. Um, not going to be easy for them on the road, um, but I think they build on their performance against Minnesota, and they go into the weekend on a high first off face palm second off i've actually got edmonton for this one i think the fact that they won't have a midweek game on their docket is going to help them i think the extra little bit of rest and the fact that matt van ogle still is you know probably the hottest player in the league i think that's going to help them particularly since there have been times where Tampa hasn't been able to score. So I could see it going either way, but I'm going to lean towards Edmonton for this one. 
That's it for predictions. Uh, where can they all find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at The Attachment, including some details. Omni Brewing on Wednesday nights for Trivia Mafia. I'm pretty sure we're going to find a way to show the game tomorrow. Um, it's it's If anything, you might not want to watch the game. And you might want something different. So Trivia Mafia is always a good option for you. And I'm at Olson 716 uh, not just at, at Lock, Stock, Spock. And you can find two United fans at TWO United fans. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever podcast app you have. Are we still going to be posted on 55.1? I don't know. Would they want to post a competitor? I mean, they, they should, I think, just because, I mean... Fifty-five one seems fair and balanced. Yeah, they're fair and balanced. More so than who the news channel that actually has that as their slogan. Exactly. Yeah. Um, did did we honestly just turn fifty-five one into the Fox News <laughs> of Minnesota United news? No, they really didn't. Just delete all of two United fans from. <laughs> sorry, Notch. We sorry. totally ruined everything. We're really sorry. All <laughs> right, everyone. That has been more than enough from us. Hope you have a good week. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Free Ben Spies.